0: What happened here? you? You guys go this way. Who am I supposed to share all the interesting stuff with? We are nearing the end of Doctor Who season 13 already. I know that's, I
1: am really surprised by that. When you step back and you think of how many we've seen, how many are left.
0: I'm I'm floored. It has flown by. We only have 3 episodes left which consist of um the next one which we know is going to be about kind of Mary Shelley and Frankenstein type stuff and then the two-part finale. And that's it. And we have a special. So I guess if you kind of if you add that then we ha- we technically have four more.
1: Yeah, but we're we're going to get through the the next episode the two-part finale and then before that special comes we're gonna have to wait quite a bit of time because everything i've seen about it it calls it a christmas special Hmm. which that's that's a good 10 months away at this point
0: i wonder if this will be the kind of the new cadence you know it seems like they've kind of mixed up the cadence of doctor who on us you know over the past you know many years that we've been watching doctor who it's you know it was on a Saturday for a while then it was on Sunday they've changed the times they've kind of changed what season that it comes on it's, it's not, they don't want us to get comfortable
1: yeah but my biggest thing is that hopefully between I, I can I can live with the space between the ending of the series the Christmas special but if we then have to go and wait another extended period of time before we jump into series thirteen that's gonna hurt. Um, especially coming off of a, a as good of a series as this has been. I, I don't want to wait an extended period of time and let some of these good feelings dissipate.
0: I want to jump right back into a new series. So where does that put us on the the main season ending, not counting the special? So that ends, it looks like it's going to be March 1st. Is uh, the air date of the Timeless Children Wow, and so that means after March first, you know, so we're we're not even we're just two months into the year, at that point because March is just yeah. starting. So and then it's Doctor Who is done, and then you know Christmas, so we got to wait another uh, ten months until we get until we get the Christmas special. So and I wonder if that's going to be kind of the new cadence of things where, from January to March, we get a season of Doctor Who. At Christmas or New Year's, we get a special, and then it just kind of continues that way. I wouldn't mind that. At least we could get used to what time of year to expect Doctor Who. You know, there's always going to be a special. I, you know, I wish there was some consistency that we could get used to. I
1: I would like consistency. I'm I'm cool with that, uh, especially if the the quality of the series who knows maybe it's the longer breaks that lend themselves to the higher quality series that we have seen at least production value wise over the past couple years if that's the case so be it uh it just it just really hurts to have to wait so long between series uh when we can look back at our our episodes and be like oh wow we didn't record anything for the past year because we didn't have anything new to record about um (laughs) That's a bit of a bummer.
0: Yeah, definitely. But we do have a few more episodes this season, so let's talk about let's talk about some of the stuff that. Well, we're going to talk about the episode we just saw. Absolutely. But we are going to also talk about some stuff that's yet to come, because they did literally. I think right after we recorded our last episode, it was the next morning they dropped a new trailer for kind of the rest of the season. Um, the, the title of the trailer, at least on YouTube, is still to come. And it was a pretty short trailer. I think, if you cut out kind of all the advertisement at the end, it's about twenty six seconds. Yeah, of a yep. trailer, and pretty much mostly footage we've already seen. They're kind of, I mean, they it, they throughout the the trailer they're kind of dropping quotes, um, basically an advertisement for how good the season's been.
1: <laughs> I mean, really, that's that's what it is. It's a hype reel, right? Um, they're, they're showing what we have already seen, but doing so in such a way where it kind of cuts out, uh, not that there was a lot of downtime or a lot of, for lack of a better way of putting it fat thrown into the se- the season. Uh, but it gives us those highlights, those really good parts that we've witnessed, uh, along with basically an indication that they are going to pack so much into, the last three if not just the last two episodes of the series
0: yeah and let me read kind of what the for those of you that haven't seen this little teaser trailer basically it says at the at the beginning about the four second mark it says Doctor Who mastered and uh, it says the art and this is all over top of cuts from like the best of of the season so we get Captain Jack. Uh, Ruth we get uh, the master so we get to see these kind of best of things the the, the TARDIS being uncovered out of the dirt um, so it says Doctor Who mastered the art of surprise, surprise.
1: yep and what's still to come still will to come change
0: everything will change everything again so I think that's telling and then once they say that, what's still to come, that's where, and that's about at about the 20, 21 second mark. And when it says we'll change everything, and that's where it starts showing new footage. So for about five seconds from, 20, right. from 21 to 26, we get little clips of what looks like a Cyberman ship. We also get a nice little shot of of what I'm guessing is what they're calling the Lone Cyberman. Uh, We see this person or Cyberman in really ragtag, kind of tattered Cyberman armor with some human parts exposed, um, in which I think right here at the 22-second mark, we get a really good shot of this guy walking up through some flames, and his hand is exposed. But his hand looks like it's in really good condition. Not the type of hand you would expect to see from somebody who's been converted to a Cyberman. Yeah, I I
1: know that we had some discussion about this on the, the Facebook group. Um, one of the members of the Facebook group passed along some deep cuts from Classic Who in regards to uh, individuals that have posed as Cybermen in the past uh, as a, wearing armor of Cybermen and such. It, it does lend itself to or this screenshot specifically from this trailer does lend itself to some curious discussion though, as to whether is this the lone Cyberman? Is this someone posing as a Cyberman? Maybe the person posing as a Cyberman is considered the lone Cyberman. Maybe they're going to flip us on our head uh, and come to find out. It's actually someone posing as a Cyberman and that that's evil. Either way, it is a dramatic shot.
0: Um, what if they're and there not are evil? things
1: there are things off about what <laughs> the Cybermen looks like.
0: You said that they'd be they may be evil. I, what if they're not evil?
1: The lone Cybermen not evil?
0: Yeah. But we're not supposed to give him what he wants, right? Right. Well, what if it's a good person that means well, but what he wants is going to cause harm. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I, that would be a real twist, right? I Yeah, it would. I'm starting it would. to really think that this this person is uh somebody that's using cyberman armor kind of as a disguise because we do get that shot of of him walking with the hand exposed and then we also get another shot that if you catch it right at the right frame you can actually see uh one of the eyes of the cyberman armor has been kind of like uh corroded away or broken away and you can actually see a human eyeball kind of sticking out there and you can see a little bit of the person's exposed neck, which also, yeah. like I was saying about the hand, none of it looks damaged. No. So, so it is interesting. It almost does look like somebody's just kind of thrown on some damaged armor, maybe to hide or, or what. So I, and it does, it is one of those things though, that, you know, when these people cut the trailers, it's not like they don't know that you can see this stuff. Oh, right. Right. So they know that we can see the hand and they know we can see the neck and the eye they could be purposely putting that stuff in there to throw us off or just to cause spe- you know conversation and speculation so but we do know for what this is implying because of what we know about the last 3 episodes that all of these clips are coming from that two-part finale and not from the next episode
1: right i i will stand stand corrected based on the assumption uh, that I threw out last episode, that the Cyberman was going to show up in the Frankenstein episode. As much as I thought that would fit and fit perfectly, uh, it
0: doesn't look to be the case. The only thing is there could be some hope yet for you in that if they want to, you know, at least c- kind of connect that third or that last, you know, the next episode to the final episodes, they could have the introduction of a you know kind of frankenstein quote-unquote frankenstein monster you know type cyberman and then have that lead into the finale with the full-on invasion of the Cybermen. so there's still a possibility i think it's very unlikely i think, all, I think <laughs> what we're seeing is all coming from that two-part finale but you never know i mean it is it does seem like a missed opportunity if you're going to do a frankenstein story and not have you know that's what frankenstein is right human parts Right, right. Put together into a thing, and that's what Cybermen are. So right. it does seem like maybe there could be at least some connection,
1: possibly. And it would kind of fit with how they've ended the past couple episodes, where they go directly from uh, the fugitive of the, of the Judoon to Prax, Praxius, uh, with the ending leading right to there, and then from Praxius, it does seem like it, it it lends itself to this last episode, and then this last episode it ends by saying, "Hey, how about Frankenstein?" So they are starting to blend these final episodes little together. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 maybe maybe that will be the connection that we have from one
0: uh, to the finale. Possibly. We did get a little bit of news. Uh, so Radio Times was reporting on, you know, um, the final two episodes and kind of the titles and also the running time. So we do know that the final episode, at least, is going to be extended. It's going to be sixty-five minutes.
1: Yeah, we're getting some extra time. Yeah, this last episode that we just had that we're reviewing uh, on this recording was about forty nine minutes. Mm-hmm. So if you go from forty nine to sixty five, we're adding a whole sixteen minutes to the episode, which is, I mean, that's that's considerable.
0: Yeah, so we'll get a two part finale, but that final part's going to be an extra long episode. So it's going to feel like I think you know all together, it's going to feel like a nice little mini Doctor Who movie, which I love. Uh, but this this article does also include some quotes about these final two episodes straight out of the mouth of the of the creator, I guess now, or the showrunner, Mr. Chibnall. Um and he says so he's talking about the, the the second to last episode, which is Ascension of the Cybermen, and he says it's set during the Great Cyber War, and his quote is this is a conflict that's reduced both The Cybermen and humanity to barely anything. It's the last remnants of the Cybermen against the last refugees of humanity in this corner of the universe. These refugees are on the run from a particularly relentless and ruthless Cybermen uh, who are on their trail. He continues to say they're relentless, single-minded, and brutal. And he says that's the essence of their monster personality. The nightmare is how do you escape them? Because they're around every corner and they just won't stop. The humans are desperate and the Cybermen just keep going. Hmm. Ascension of the Cybermen is one of those episodes where the Doctor and her friends are all on the run from different threats. We head into the next episode with the jeopardy of whether they're ever going to meet up again. Dang. Uh Uh-huh. And then he... Goes on to say about, so the final episode's called The Timeless Children, and he goes on to say, I can't tell you anything about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> the Timeless Child is mentioned as far back as the Ghost Monument, and the final episode of this series is where some of those questions get answered. It's a huge emotional finale with lots of Cybermen, and it runs for 65 minutes.
1: It, it floors me that the dates of the Ghost Monument is 2018. That was two years ago, and yes, there was not a lot of Doctor Who uh, in 2019, but the fact that the Ghost Monument was from 2018 and we're waiting two years for this reference to finally come to fruition, uh, but that episode, that sounds like it's going to be a good
0: finale. Yes, it does. Um Cybermen episodes tend to be when certain sometimes companions die,
1: right? Yes, yes, they they do as recently as uh, Bill? Capaldi's yeah. <laughs> companion Bill and Nardle and the Master. Um, it's interesting that we have some of this stuff coming back
0: up. They're the killer monsters, right? The Daleks always seem to be a bit, they're like kind of threatening, but you always know they're we're going to get the best of them. But the Cybermen do seem to be One of those that they're a bit more threatening with the doctor and, you know, have caused more personal damage maybe to the doctor um, when it comes to the doctor's direct companions.
1: Absolutely. It seems like the Daleks are more of like that intellectual foe Uh, where with calling
0: Daleks intellectual,
1: the the way that they seem to banter back and forth with the doctor, um, not saying that they are intellectual, but that they they tend to think that they can challenge him on that level, challenge him or her on that level.
0: Um, They're not it's as just, much of a physical threat. They're more right, like the exactly. doctor has to solve it mentally.
1: Right. And the way that Chibnall describes the Cybermen, relentless, single-minded, and brutal, that does seem to sum up the Cybermen's interaction with the doctor, at least with the new who. They are relentless they just keep coming they are single-minded they have one goal one purpose they don't have all these other plans that they're putting in place all the things that they're trying to accomplish they're single-minded uh and they're brutal i mean
0: they they do not stop (laughs) on whatever they're doing i feel like chibnall's he's dropping a couple lines here where it's making me nervous uh talking about you know the companions being in jeopardy and whether they're ever going to meet up again. He also says something about the finale being very emotional. So I'm like, oh man, and I think maybe based on some of the things that happened even in this episode we're about to review, uh, they may be, there. I don't know, they could be hinting at some of these guys getting switched out. We know they've specifically said that Jodie Whitaker's back for the next season, but they haven't really said any of the companions are back.
1: Yeah, I... We, we, we've kind of seen it coming for a while that Yaz might be getting set up for something that's a little bit more emotional, something that that's a little bit more um, direct. It seems like her path has been leading that way for this series. And then definitely a little bit in the past series that said, Ryan, I think more so now seems like he's also going that direction. Um, at least in his own mind, whether it's a tragic end or whether he just has enough and he steps away. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm really curious to see what happens. I, I don't know if I am at that point where I'm ready for the three of them to leave. I feel like especially after this episode, I'm more invested in the three of these characters than I have been prior to this episode.
0: Yeah, I mean the lifespan for companions tends to be generally short when it comes to, not necessarily talking lifespan, meaning they're going to die, but just their lifespan on the show. And maybe not meaning that, you know, a character dies, but they just get, you know, they move on to something else and a new person shows up. Uh, We've even seen, even some of the companions that have lasted a bit longer tend to add on people. You know, we had, yeah, we had um, Amy and Rory, but Amy was kind of the main companion and Rory got added later. And, you had Clara, who was same kind of deal, but then like we ended up getting a couple people that jump in eventually with her as well.
1: Danny so, Pink.
0: Yeah, so I think that we may just see a little bit of a mix, like a shake-up, and maybe we get the same three, but maybe one of, them, one of them is gone for a bit and somebody else jumps in, or maybe we get a permanent exit from the TARDIS. I don't know. I, I think that... Two seasons of the same companions without any kind of a mix up or any kind of a shake up. Um, it actually seems like it's about time. Honestly, <laughs> like not that I'm tired of them, but just historically, having watched Doctor Who and kind of how the how the formula works. Oh,
1: absolutely. I don't. I don't think there's any any doubt that based on what we have seen in the past, it makes sense for us to finally be coming to this point with these three companions the only thing about these three companions though is I feel like we are just starting to come to know them more fully. It, it seems like they are finally coming into their own characters. Whereas maybe previously when it was more focused with companions that happened a lot quicker. So after two years you were like, okay, I know exactly who this is. I know how they're going to react in these situations. Um, it just seems like now after two years, we're finally getting to that point with these with these companions. And then to see it wrapped up maybe in the next two to three episodes, uh, it's going to be interesting. It would be curious, though, if we do go that route where it's more of a shake-up and not just a clean slate, to see Yaz and Ryan step out in some form or another and have Graham continue on and then maybe add one more to the mix there. He just seems like he's the one that doesn't really have anything to go back to
0: the, those two guys he was playing poker with are <laughs> best buds best buds well they best although buds. they were trying to manufacture a best friend for ryan but we will talk about that in a little bit
1: manufacture
0: really well he never even talks about this guy and suddenly he's got this best friend that can't survive without him i don't know i felt oh, like he playing basketball with that guy was it the same guy yeah it was okay. i mean yeah okay we saw him play basketball but we'll talk we'll talk more about that When we get into... The last thing I'll say before we do get into the review, because we should get started on it, is Chibnall does say, and I don't have the article up anymore, so I'm not going to exact quote this, but he does say that this is one that we're going to want to watch live. He specifically says that. So I do think that we're going to have another situation like we had with multiple episodes this season, where... You know, If you don't watch it live and you don't want to know that the Master's back, you don't want to know Captain Jack's back, you don't want to know that there's a new Doctor that's been introduced, if you don't want to find these things out on Twitter, you probably want to watch this one live or literally shut down all social media until you get a chance to watch it. Because it sounds like, based on what Chibnall's saying, this one might also have some pretty big surprises. Yeah, it's time to start. I'm really excited. I'm, I'm more excited about Doctor Who because of this season than I've been in a long time.
1: I, the, the possibility of everything changing has me intrigued. I am invested. I, I will be shutting down all social media, creating all sorts of mutes, blocking everything, which for me is, is pretty difficult. Um, but I will make it happen for the 48 hours that I need to make it happen for just to be safe.
0: But you're gonna wait 48 hours to watch it?
1: No, but I'm going to make sure that I block out like okay 36 hours beforehand, and then 12 hours afterwards.
0: We should do a live. We should do a live stream of our reactions. No, <laughs> we don't. We don't do live streams. We're too old. But yeah, uh, <laughs> those youths. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about this episode because I think that some of the stuff, although this episode does seem like a bit of a throwaway, I'm gonna be honest. In some areas, there's other areas that I feel like maybe directly connected to some of the big stuff that's going to come uh, at the end of the season. So I think that we can continue kind of the speculation as we go through this review. Okay, let's go for it. So this is, can you hear me? Is the, is the title of this one? Although that could have been a funny joke to do on a podcast.
1: (laughs) If you would have started the episode by just saying, can you hear me? Hey Adam, can you hear me? I would, I would have totally just like, like yeah i can hear you You sound good your mic's good tonight i would have been totally out and and we could have done
0: a whole who's on first skit oh absolutely (laughs) this one had something unique at the beginning that doesn't happen too often in dr who although it's not um completely uh, unheard of is it had a bit of a cold open it didn't it didn't just go straight into the the opening credits, which I think most of the episodes this season have, there have been at least one other one. I think that started with an opening scene. I wonder like, what's the the conversation that goes into that? Like, what do they, what determines if it needs to have that extra scene at the beginning, or if you should just jump back in?
1: Yeah, I, it's definitely not length because this one was shorter than some of the past ones that we've seen uh, here recently. So it's not like they're like, Oh, we, The episode is a little bit longer, so we're going to have to cut out some things at the beginning. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I'm curious in regards to the the storytelling aspects that determine that.
0: It could just be they feel like the opening scene is maybe disconnected enough from where they're jumping to that you need to have some sort of a break. Yeah. Not just jump right to the next thing. But yeah, I just I thought that was interesting that this one had it. Uh, they do go to uh, Aleppo, Syria, thirteen eighty, which I'm not gonna say that's the furthest back in time they've ever gone in Doctor Who, but it's pretty far back. Um, yeah, as far as like going to a place that's actually real.
1: Right, right. I mean, they the, the first actor went back to like
0: cavemen, right? Yeah, but we that's you know cavemen.
1: Right, so it wasn't like right. it
0: went to a specific city that we know is a real place, right? right right
1: and i mean aleppo is is a known location uh i was kind of curious when i first saw
0: aleppo syria 1380 um but it
1: it was kind of cool to see the tardis pop up there
0: yeah i thought it was kind of cool they didn't really spend a lot of time there and they really didn't even explore much (laughs) other than just that one little uh place the I guess it was kind of like I know it was, they called it a hospital, but they were really implying that it was more like a mental institution.
1: yeah, and that's i I read a couple things, uh, a couple comments, a couple reviews where they were like you you honestly could have probably just cut out everything having to do with Aleppo. And upon second watch, maybe right you you could probably pull that out, but it was a nice little historical reference when it comes to some of the larger issues. Uh, more real life issues that were addressed in the episode in regards to mental health, and and the doctor calls out that the uh, the hospital, um, I'm I'm looking for the, the specific line, but basically the Islamic physicians were known for how they treated people
0: with mental health. They were much um, more open minded, correct, and way ahead of their time, probably in yeah. You know, so it, it
1: was it was a nice. It was a nice historical anchor point for the theme of the entire episode. And we're
0: introduced to Tahira, who is a patient there. Um, and she, there's, so this, we're kind of introduced to her at the same time as we're introduced to this. You know, we don't know what it's called at this point, but we're later, uh, re- it's later revealed that it's called a, and now I'm blanking on it, uh, Chagaska. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Is that a real thing? Is that a real myth? Like, is there is there a Chagaska? Is that an existing thing, or is that something they made up for Doctor Who?
1: I think that's something they made up because when we first read it in the synopsis, I googled it real quick, and the only way place that it showed up was within different sites quoting the synopsis for Doctor Who. So I think it might just be a a Doctor Who creation.
0: Okay. Cool name. Yeah. If they made it, it up, more power to them. Uh, the and they I thought this creature because we do get a we do get a quick glimpse of it at least right here at this opening scene and you see that big giant claw kind of go around that woman's face yeah and then you see it kind of roar and it's, uh, they like really good job on the design of this creature specifically probably the most actual visually scary uh thing they've done the season since the the dregs.
1: Yeah, with the, with the clawed hand that comes out, wraps around uh, the individual's face and head and kind of pulls her back, that is – that's that frightening element, right? Where you don't get to see everything. You get to see just enough to instill that fear. When they went to the full body shot, it was like, okay, it, it wasn't my favorite thing, uh, definitely digital but they still did a solid job with the design of it. And you're right. The, the design of it was probably the most visually frightening thing since since the dregs. And I would say that it might even be more frightening than the dregs.
0: Yeah, um, other visually than, way better than the yeah. dregs. But dregs, I thought, did good. I was impressed with dregs. And then I was even more impressed with this. So I thought it was an improvement. And I didn't pick up on the it looking too digital. I guess maybe I I'm kind of like... I, I don't set Doctor Who at the same standard as I do other things, um, partially because it's TV and partially because they tend to almost purposefully make things look a yeah. little cheesy. But yeah, it didn't bother me. I didn't, I didn't stand. It didn't stand out to me as being like bad digital effects or anything. I think I was just
1: wanting after they did the claw over the face. It was like ooh, practical effects like. i'm curious to see and then like they transitioned to fully digital at that point it was like oh okay i can see that um
0: it kind of reminded me of like the wolf aliens from tenant's episode with rose and oh yeah and stuff the Uh, oh what is that claw and bone bone yeah and it kind of remember reminded me of the way that those creatures looked
1: yeah no you're 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 spot enough on.
0: so that i thought maybe oh wow they're they're conjuring up something that the doctor's already seen before i thought maybe there was a connection but that would have that, have, that, that would have been
1: interesting right. yeah
0: so we do get that kind of the other thing i wanted to point out because i i don't i think you watch these typically or at least one of your watch throughs you watch with closed captions on yeah yep. the one thing that stood out to me in the scene when the woman is kind of we see her you know she's there and then a second later she's gone implying that the monster has kind of dragged her off. But then you hear like screaming and people yelling and stuff. And then the the closed captions, as I was watching it at one point, because you know how closed captions sometimes will describe what you're hearing. Right. Right. One of the things that came up was flesh tearing. Oh really? (laughs) Or maybe it was flesh ripping, but it was flesh something. It was either tearing or ripping. And I was like, Whoa, that's, (laughs) I don't know that I heard that, but the closed captions are telling me that somebody's getting really torn apart.
1: Oh goodness. So, See, I I didn't pick up on that and I thought I don't know when later on in the episode when the doctor's like we have to get everybody out of the jacuzzi, which I thought was a a great line. <laughs> um I thought like maybe everybody survived the hospital, but based on flesh ripping, probably not.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, that's not not great. I think when the people that were in the jacuzzi were just the other people that you know, that we kind of saw in that room when, when uh, they go into that room and they see the people that are kind of knocked out and hooked up to the machines. Yeah. And it's just like a handful of people. I don't think that they, I never got the implication that that anybody else other than Tahira survived that hospital.
1: I I was, I was just holding out hope (laughs) that it was more than just Tahira and was it Miriam survived the hospital. Yeah.
0: But, guess not. But the thing, I guess it's good because I assumed that it was Miriam's flesh that was tearing. But, you know, she survived. So <laughs> got a hold of somebody else apparently. <laughs> she she made it out. Everybody oh, lives. Except so that, the, that was exactly everything that happened before the credits. And then once the credits start, then we it jumps into the TARDIS materializing in Sheffield. So they're back home. And everyone's kind of going off and doing their thing. Uh, but they're only going to do it for like a day you know it's not like they're back for a while the doctor's like all right everybody meet back here uh, tomorrow at noon yeah at so, lunchtime the next day so i think it almost felt like oh well, i guess they and they did kind of reveal this throughout and i will admit that yaz's part of the story still has me a bit confused but they had her i think the real reason they were probably all back in sheffield is cuz she wanted to be back there on a specific date right uh, yep. cuz her and her sister were celebrating um something and this is the part where i didn't never got i feel like i didn't get full clarity and i don't know if that's because they were purposely not telling us the whole story or i missed some details or i'm just too dense to pick up on stuff (laughs) because (laughs) honestly there were i was kind of like i even through the second because the first watch through i kind of had forgotten about all the Yaz stuff and and then by the end i was like okay cool episode and then as i started to watch the second watch through i was like wait what were they, what's this anniversary again? Like I started to get confused more upon a second viewing. Okay. So I don't know if you have like a really clear understanding. I would love to hear your explanation of, you know, kind of what that part was all about.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think I have, I think I know what it's about, or at least in my head, I've convinced myself what it's about. I don't know if we want to jump into that now or want to want to, go throughout the episode because it does tie in in my mind to kind of what's revealed as you make your way throughout the episode.
0: Alright, well let's save it for a little bit later to, you know, I don't mind jumping into it, but let's save it for a little bit later because we have uh, Ryan, he goes to visit his friend his friend seems like really off, doesn't want to let him in, but Ryan brought chips <laughs> Got chips you, though. that gets you in any door, and I believe chips you know, us in the U.S., when we talk about chips, we're talking about potato chips, but they're talking about like fries, right? Like French fries. Yeah.
1: Okay. He was carrying in a bag filled
0: with fries. Yeah. So he came, he came packing French fries. Um. So yeah, I, I would have let him in too. But oh, I guess. I know we were t- talking about a little bit already, but I did feel like this was a weird addition to Ryan's life. Yeah. You know, we, did- we'd never really heard about this guy and it almost felt like they were like more than just kind of buds or, Hey, I kind of know this guy. They were like best of best BFF type friends where this guy was like really offended that Ryan had been gone for so long.
1: Yeah. I think, I think the interesting or the thing that stuck out to me about the relationship that kind of threw me off slightly was that, In Series 11 Ryan is always pictured as the one that is in need of help the one that's in need of support the one that Others have to come alongside that's that's what Graham was approaching him as that's what grace approached him as and then during the series it seems like we are seeing time and time again that Ryan is put forward as being a capable one the one that is starting to take care of other people the one that is coming alongside others and trying to make sure that they're okay. We saw it specifically in Praxius with, um, how he handled the situation with the birds and all that stuff. What was odd is that this seemed to be a longstanding relationship where Ryan wasn't the one that was needing support, but Ryan was the one that was supporting someone else, which seems to be opposite of the character that we saw in series 11 for Ryan. Um, And it seems somewhat out of the blue because it it did seem like this was something that was going on for a long time where he was helping his friend um, through different stuff.
0: Yeah. I have a theory, though. I think that they originally intended this to be Ryan's dad. Really? Yeah. I think that makes a lot more sense. And I think that they would have liked to bring a character like that back and have Aaron be there and have him go to visit Aaron. And I mean, honestly, I've thought about it and I was like, if you switch that out and it wasn't a friend, but it was his dad, his estranged father, who's has now kind of started to repair his relationship with. Like, think about it. if he was coming back only for a day to see one person, you know, would it be his basketball buddy or would it be his dad?
1: Yeah. I I could see that. I could see that.
0: Um, And even like the scene later on where we get to see his like flash forward where he's having this nightmare about the guy being a lot older and kind of sitting there like you didn't come back and all this stuff. I feel like that works so much better if it's an actual family member and if it was his father. Um, And I, I, that's why I say it's a theory because I obviously have no idea what the, you know, inner workings of the, of the doctor who production is, but I wonder if maybe they, because the father is, you know, a certain actor and they couldn't get that guy to come back for whatever reason, that they were like, well, we need somebody. Uh, Remember that guy we showed him playing basketball with? You know, like, let's bring him in and make him seem important.
1: Let's bring Tebow back.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, I don't know. It did feel a little off to me, um, you know, kind of introducing this random friend that we had never really, you know, ever spent time with before.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. I I don't know. There's, there's something about this episode. Um, it resonates with me a lot. So like their relationship. Yeah. I, I, it didn't seem too.
0: you too connected off. with it. I did. I did. Maybe I just need um, better friends. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, uh, no, I don't know that I, I have I any friends that would be that ticked off if I was gone for that long. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think
1: it's, I think it's, yeah. I, I don't think that's it. I'll just say that. I don't think that's, that's it.
0: But, um, well, we also get Graham and Graham, you know, I kind of feel bad for Graham. His, you know, like I was saying, Yaz goes and sees her sister. It's a very important thing. Ryan goes and sees his best friend. Graham just kind of goes and plays poker with a couple of random people that we also have never seen before. <laughs> so, yep. um, and we get to hear some back and forth conversation. They're like, what have you been doing? He says he's been going on cruises, which is not quite a lie. Cause he kind of has cruising space and time. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was some fun interactions there as they're playing cards. That's
1: And this is – that these interactions, that's, gonna, that's the reason I say that um, at the end of the c- series finale, I could see Yaz and Ryan walking away. But ultimately, Graham really has no one other than Ryan and really other than the doctor. Um, those are Those are the two relationships that he has. So if he were to get off the TARDIS – he has he has no one to go back to. There's no one better than what he who he's already with and what he already has.
0: That is true. that is true. Um, so is that kind of your prediction? If there's a mix up that Graham is not in the mix that he's he's not in the meaning he's not one that they would would uh, lose? Yeah, I feel like I feel like Ryan and Yaz have stuff to go
1: back to. and I think even based on this episode, um and kind of what they unpacked for both those characters they have reasons to get off the TARDIS Graham though I mean who does he confide in at the end of the episode he confides in the doctor yeah and yeah he doesn't get the response that probably we would expect but honestly if you look at his facial expressions and how he reacts I don't think he's too taken aback by it um I think he's the one that if he left the TARDIS, he would be actually leaving more than what he's gaining.
0: Hmm. Interesting. But wouldn't that make it more tragic?
1: It would make it tragic for line. him. Yes, yeah.
0: absolutely. He relies so much on the doctor in that life now, and then he's the one that's pulled away. Yeah. It would be a Donna situation all over again. Oh, he would man. be left
1: by himself with nothing to go on. Heart-wrenching.
0: Heart-wrenching. Um. Yeah. So the doctor actually gets a little bit more interaction with, the monster Um, we get to see a closer look at it, but it kind of just runs off. The doctor tries to scan it with the Sonic and says, nothing, you know, nothing at all. So there's there, the, the Sonic isn't picking up anything, which is kind of indicating where things are going with this.
1: I was going to say, was that a, was that a major tell for you at that point?
0: Um, I think they had already tipped their hand with all the previews and that this was going to be about their nightmares and things that they're scared of. That you kind of get pretty early on that that thing. Yeah, I was actually thinking it was like kind of a figment figment of the girl's imagination, and that you know even all the other stuff that we had seen with the other woman getting taken and the flesh tearing and all that stuff. I thought maybe that was all in that that girl's imagination. Okay, and that might have been a reveal later, but um, but yeah, the fact that it was some sort of a conjured thing was was already on my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So they start to show us this other, the the I guess the other villains or the other bad guys that show up in this episode, the true bad guys. Um, and initially, we're introduced to the one guy because we see him showing up in these different, you know, things. So, he, so we see him showing up in uh, d- these different people's visions, I guess. Right.
1: Shows up in different visions, and he also shows up in their.
0: Flats, their apartments. And then, so we get to see a couple different dreams that are going on. We see, well, Graham has that vision during the poker game where he he sees this girl who's kind of asking for his help. And she's actually asking by name, so she knows his name. And so he sees that. We also see, um, or we, we have Ryan talking to his friend after he beats him in FIFA. And <laughs> <laughs> he's talking to him about... So his friend tells him, like, "Hey, I've been seeing this guy. He's been in my dreams, but now he's actually showing up in real life. He's showing up in in my you know in my room." And then we see Yaz's vision, which she sees a girl standing in a road. She also sees a police officer. And then when she wakes up from her vision, she sees the same guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Did I get all that right? <laughs> yep. That's not on. Yeah. So we have this guy, and we know he's you know kind of part of this whole thing. And I, I think at this point I didn't know what his name was, so I was just putting that his name was creepy bald man, <laughs> creepy bald bloke in black, bloke. I like that. He
1: is he is creepy. Um, again, last last episode I talked about how I liked some of those those aspects of Doctor Who that prey on um, those internal fears that don't necessarily express themselves. They're not the jump scares. They're not the the scary. Things like dregs or anything like that. They're those those subtle undercurrents. And one of those is like waking up and having someone stare at you. But not only waking up and having someone just standing over you watching you, but like having that be a creepy, disconcerting individual. And this character fits
0: that description. Uh, What was this guy's name? Zelen. Zelen. The person they cast to play him. Um, I really enjoyed his performance. Oh, heck yes. Like top quality. I thought he did a great job and I thought the the other um godlike character that they introduced as well. I thought she did a great job too. They did they did a good job of playing kind of these otherworldly kind of almost like haughty type characters that the way that they interacted was so it had a human element to it, but it felt very otherworldly. Yeah, it, I it, really thought they did a good job. I don't know how much you know how much of that's credit to the direction or how much just credit to their acting talent, but it came together.
1: Yeah, they seemed very powerful and yet muted at the same time. Right. Like the way that he he never seemed like he was uh, lacking control, which was interesting, especially with his interaction with the doctor. As you get further into the episode, and they're having kind of their banter back and forth. Uh he does such a great job of carrying himself in that scene. I would I would have loved to have him carry on in some capacity.
0: Right. Um so the doctor gets a call from everybody at the same time. She decides to take Tahira onto the TARDIS with her, so which is just becoming a regular thing now. Surprise. everybody gets free passes to the TARDIS. <laughs> everybody gets a ride it's no longer a unique or cool thing that you know oh yeah they brought somebody onto the TARDIS it's just that's a thing now they just they just let everybody in even the villain guy the creepy bald guy Zelen he shows up at the very beginning in the TARDIS like he actually um apparates yes apparates yes (laughs) that's 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 exactly the word I was looking for (laughs) the Harry Potter word but he apparates into the into the TARDIS, which is supposed to be like a really hard thing for people to do if they're unwelcome. So I guess that's kind of an indication of his power levels.
1: Yeah. Either that or someone left the door open unintentionally. (laughs) No.
0: So let's talk about Yaz's dream then. Okay. Because we're we do get back onto the TARDIS at this point and they start to figure out what's going on. But one of the things that, that I'm confused about, like I said before is Yaz's, Yaz's yeah, whole deal because she has another vision with her sister um, where her sister says like something about like, I won't stop you this time. She calls her weak. She says the quote, you are alone in the dark. Yeah. And this is where I was kind of confused as to like what was happening. Yeah. And why Yaz, you know, cause we see the whole thing later on. We see the real thing that happened. At the end, kind of like a flashback, which apparently is only three years earlier. Yeah, three years earlier. So, number one, I didn't realize Yaz was that young, because they were they refer to her being in high school. Um, that she's getting bullied at school, which I'm assuming is high school, right? Do people yeah. get bullied in college? <laughs> I <don't Yeah>. know. <laughs> um, I
1: know. I know that UK great UK. Uh, education grading is a little bit different. Like our high school is considered their college or something like that. And college isn't is really uni. And so it could it could be like a later later high school period. Okay. Of time. Well,
0: I didn't do my research as far as like how old she's supposed to be. So maybe they've already revealed that. Yeah. But This made me feel like she's a lot younger than I thought I was going to if I had to guess, I would have said like, oh, she's a bit like somewhere in her mid 20s. Okay. Uh, but they said three years earlier implying that she's still in high school which would imply to me that she can't be any older than like 21.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would say that's a fair assessment. Okay. I, I feel like we might even have a reveal of that in the very first episode of Series 11 with the whole talk of when Ryan and Yaz meet and they're like, hey, we haven't seen each other for a while and Ryan's working in a warehouse. Yeah, They yeah. knew each
0: other when they were in school, they said, right? Yeah, it just felt like because she was in the the profession that she was in as an officer, um, that seemed to be very mature and kind of have this really good rapport with you know other professionals. It just felt like she was older. Um, I don't know because if you're three years out of high school, you're typically not even out of college yet, right? So, like, how did she already become a cop? I guess I don't know. It just felt like the timeline was off. If that you know, three years previous meant she was only like 17 or, or 18.
1: I could see that. I could see that.
0: So that kind of stood out to me. Um, and then were they implying that she was having like, was she like having like suicidal thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think, I think without saying it blatantly, that's the direction that they were going um, with, with the way that the, the police officer was referring to your, your sister's concerned that at the end when everything starts to kind of unpack when we get the whole visual of three years or three years earlier um, that her sister was concerned that she was going to do something stupid. Um, Yaz's seeming complacency of just like, I just want to get away. Um, I think they were, although that was not the direct scenario, I think there was some concern that that is the direction it would ultimately go as Yaz continued to wander
0: further and further. Okay. And then she meets the, this woman, this police, this police woman who um, helps her, talks her through it, to, makes this bet with her and, you know, give it three years, come back to me if I'm right. You got to pay me a coin. Yeah. Um, and so that all happens. And I guess that's maybe in, in indicating how she got into to the police force is because either this woman helped her get in or maybe she was inspired by this woman to join the police force. That, yeah, I would I would say it's probably it?
1: Yeah, I would say it was probably more the inspiration route just because it doesn't seem like they've interacted when Yaz finally shows up to I guess fulfill her end of the bargain. Um it doesn't seem like they've interacted prior to that point other than the 3 years before. But the the line at the end and I think the, the police officer's name was like Alice or something. But the line or er, Anita? Yeah, Anita when she says um She's like, I can only do fifty quid. Yaz is like, why don't you get another job? And she said, I can't because I love it too much. I think that idea of like that that love was then passed on to Yaz because of the impact that it had in her life. Um, that desire to continue helping people.
0: Um, yeah. So,
1: so I I would say I would say it was probably more the inspiration route.
0: So you read this as what we saw at the end with her going back and seeing this woman was actually happening in real time, like after she'd already been traveling on the TARDIS, that wasn't like another time.
1: Right. I'm, I'm reading it as she's sitting on the couch. She's thinking through the situation and she's like, it's time for me to go now. And she, she's finally come to grips with it. So, so if we take, if we take the entire story that we have in this episode from the beginning to the end and we have, yeah, showing up for the anniversary, it's the anniversary of that event. When, she wandered off and she's coming back. Why, why do I say that? Well, number one, because that's in my mind, that's what what they're marking. That's why there's that that interaction between her and her sister where her sister's like, I, I thought this was healthy. And Yaz is being like, well, we don't really need to do this. And her sister, well, this is healthy. This is what we need to do. And then do you think about it? Yaz says, um, I do dream about it. Then they fall. She falls asleep on the sofa. She dreams about the situation that actually happened And then that's turned into a nightmare where instead of having her sister call the police officer show up Because that's that's who that other person on the road is. It's her sister just with shorter hair Um, right and then it turns into a nightmare where instead of having these people who in her darkest point when she needed support She's left alone. She's alone in the dark. She doesn't have anybody to come alongside of her and pull her out of that. Um, so that's that's when it transitions to be that nightmare that then uh, Zelen continues to to feed or feed off of moving
0: forward. Okay, so you think we they've kind of closed that off? Then there's no further mystery around any of that.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think there's I don't okay. think there's any further mystery around it. I do think though that. It, it helps to um, it, help, it, it helps to develop Yaz's character a little bit more. One reference that I saw just as I was reading through it in regards to like the bullying that Yaz was going through, she mentions that in the Witchfinder episode of last series where she she talks to the one girl that's being accused of being a witch that hey, she she's been there before. She knows exactly what this feels like, which is pretty much mirrored in what Anita was telling her. Yes, in this episode where hey I've been in your position before what if this moment is just that it's just a moment um I don't okay. know I, I I mentioned it uh in a text that we exchanged like this episode really did hit me pretty hard uh, to the point that my wife was kind of concerned and she's like are you okay because of my reaction to it um but I I yeah I'm I'm probably way more invested in this episode than
0: what I should be yeah, you're you're feeling this one on a deeper level than I was, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I thought maybe they were planting the seeds for more, with the specifically around the three uh, companions, like dreams or visions or whatever you would call it that they were having, because with Yaz's, although you kind of just explained all of it to me, which helps, in um, that and I kind of interpreted it that way, but I you you're definitely helping me clarify it. I do think that there's, because they never blatantly said specifically what the anniversary was about, and you kind of have to read into that a little bit, that I think they kind of left that a little bit open on purpose, honestly, because I think that might get revisited again. And I think with Graham and his vision and his fear of his cancer coming back, but also his concern that he wasn't there to, or wasn't able to save, um, of grace, then I think that may be coming to play too. And then Ryan's with his friend saying, you left and you never came back, which I think there's maybe a couple things you can read into that. Either Ryan's going to die, or there's something that happens kind of in the finale or something where um, we may get some of this stuff that they saw in these visions revisited between you know all three of those things.
1: Yeah, I, I think if any of this comes back, I think what it's giving us with Yaz and Ryan is really their motivation to get off the TARDIS. So if, if you go all the way back to Series 11 when we first meet Yaz and her desire for something more than what she's currently doing, right? She, did, she didn't want to be writing parking tickets. She didn't want to get yelled at on a constant basis. Now in this episode, I feel like in some sense – She's returning to what might have been her motivation for pursuing her line of work in the first place, that desire to help, that desire to to be there for people when they need her. Um, if anything, I feel like this is that, that confirmation that, hey, I, I can't continue to travel. I need to go back and do what I really want to do. For Ryan, I think it is that idea that he expressed at the end of this episode where it's hey, how long can we do this? We're, we're aging or we're, we're living at two different rates. Um, we're missing so much. And and that desire not to miss out on those relationships in this life. So if any of this is revisited, I think it's going to be those, those fears of um, having someone not there to help you or missing out on those relationships. Those would be the driving motivations for both Ryan and Yaz to get off the TARDIS. Whereas with Graham... Um, I think, again, I think his, his motivation would be to stay on the TARDIS. Um, he wants a second chance to, to help people, uh, that he didn't get with grace. He, I I don't know. He confides in the doctor. Like to me, that's a huge step where he's like, I have no one else. I, I had no one else to talk to. So I figured I'd talk to you about this. Um, yeah. Anyways.
0: Yeah. And we're doing exactly what we've complained about Doctor Who doing recently, and that's spending way too much time with the (laughs) companions. Getting back to the story, so so they're on the TARDIS, and we can kind of fast forward through some of this, but I think that, so basically they are starting to try to figure out what's going on, right? And the Doctor, they end up going, the Doctor uses the psychic link to the TARDIS on Graham because he's the one that visualized these planets in his head.
1: A tip of the hat,
0: yeah. Psychic link. So we've gotten, we've seen that before, right? They use that to travel to other places. Before. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. It was just cool to see it come
0: back. And then, uh, so they go to this place. They land. They land on what seems to be a ship. They actually call it a building in space at one point. So I guess maybe it's not actually a ship. They um, they get there, and then they use kind of the computers there to figure out further into what's going on. They see these two planets that are colliding. There's a thing in between them that's stopping them from colliding. They zoom in. It's the orb that Graham saw. And at this point, it's kind of, it's starting to happen really fast. Yeah. Everything or, moves really fast. As the episode kind of plays out and we get introduced and stop me at any point if you want to talk about any, any of these things I'm flying through in more detail. But we get introduced to the the backstory kind of these, of these gods. Yeah. How did you
1: like, how did you like that playing out?
0: How it played out?
1: Yeah. It was, it was an interesting way for them to give us that backstory. I don't know if at least in new who we've ever seen something animated like that.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, I believe it's new to Dr. Who. It's very commonly used in other things when it comes to a quick explanation about a past event um harry potter used it when they're describing the the deathly hallows yeah the, the deathly hallows they're describing the three brothers they go back and they do this kind of odd animation um they do that in um, moana moana does it there there's a couple oh kung fu panda does it yes um yep. yeah uh Star Wars Rebels did it. When they went back and were explaining where the Darksaber came from, they kind of transitioned, although that is animated already, they transitioned to a different style of animation. Right. Those are just off the top of my head. I think you, there's probably a much longer list that this is kind of a common use of, you know, oh, let's go back and tell this story, but let's change the way the visual style is to kind of get you into this other place. And that I thought it was used effectively. Now, the explanation we got was very simplistic um, you know, it's kind of like this, almost like a legend slash fairy tale type thing where really the explanation doesn't make any sense at all, but you kind of accept it because it's like, okay, it's just some legend story that they told around us, uh, like a fire, you know, <laughs> like around yeah. a campfire where it's just like, oh, these two planets were there and the gods used the planets and like, they made a bet and they said they could fight against each other or they wanted to make them fight against each other. But then the people figured out what was happening and they created a prison in between the two planets. like, wait, how did they do that? Like, (laughs) you know, that's a pretty intricate thing to come up with. You got to build some kind of prison that can hold a God, but you put it in between your two planets because you want your planets to collide, but you kind of don't like if you think too deep into it, it doesn't make any sense at all, but it's kind of a cool little like legend story. Right. Yep. Um, And I loved the introduction of the idea of these gods because that's actually something that Doctor Who hasn't played around with too much where almost always the doctor comes up against something that's like unexplainable but then it can be explained you know there's some kind of scientific explanation as to these ghosts or these werewolves or these witches and it's never actually the magical thing or the the supernatural thing it's always explained with science but in this episode I felt like they kind of went to a place that wasn't really explained by anything other than the fact that these are like powerful entities that are godlike.
1: Yeah, they are the immortals, right? And then we we got the mention of another deep cut when it comes to like the celestial toy maker. Mm-hmm. Um, they mentioned the guardians, which I believe were like the guardians of time. Um, they're, they're, it, in my mind, as you hear all these things mentioned, it is creating this hierarchy really, where there are those that are higher than um, everything else. Um, the immortals, the guardians. And these were the were two immortals who essentially just got bored in some sense and created the game and the ecosystem that that they were kind of thriving on for a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, it was interesting to have these um, entities, As you put it, injected into the story here, and I'm sure, I'm sure. Again, the mention of the celestial toy maker and all that, um, it's not the first time.
0: But it's not the first time. But I mean, I'm trying to remember because the things that you just mentioned, those are things from classic Who, right? Oh, right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking like, you know, in the modern era of Doctor. Oh, yeah. No, this, this seems to be kind of a, a new thing. Because yeah, they never did give an is. explanation because the easy explanation could have been um, that because we actually had that somewhat recent in Doctor Who where they did introduce or they had these characters that were almost godlike. Remember the two there were the two of them.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Um, that was with Tim Shaw, the very last the right. battle of. And so they thought Gar-
0: they were kind of worshiping him, but it's not revealed it's him till later. But they they were like these characters where they thought it was a god, but it really wasn't a god right? kind of thing. Um, and I think that with these characters, there could have been that thrown in at some point where they were like, Oh, these are not actually gods. They're just these really unique aliens that have these powers that are hard for others to understand. So then they just think they're gods, but they never really went there. They kind of just left it like, Nope, they're actually gods. (laughs) They, uh, they easily tricked gods, but gods. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. They, they were ultimately dispatched very easily. Uh, at the end of the episode, which was my big disappointment, because in this episode I really enjoyed kind of where it was going and with the introduction of these really powerful characters that are like almost a a foil for the Doctor. This guy really played the Doctor. Like yeah, he tricked yeah. her, you know, to use her Sonic and use her TARDIS in, a, in something that he didn't have access to to break this code um, and get his friend out. And he did it in such a calm, manipulative manner that it was like really impressive.
1: Yeah. If if I had any knock against this episode, it was that it had such a great buildup, and 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 really it felt like a very measured, very well paced buildup. And then all of a sudden, the resolution was just over in a snap of in the snap of your fingers, in the blink of an eye. All of a sudden, it was like oh. The the big bad part about this episode, it's over. It's already it's already solved. Like it seemed like it was going to be this huge complex issue. The doctor was fooled. Oh no, hope is lost. And then it was like, oh, okay, I guess things are all better. And then we focused on the companions again, which honestly, I I really enjoyed that aspect of it. But it seemed like such a great buildup to something that then – was resolved way too quickly.
0: And, and yeah, definitely. And I think the the episode was kind of competing with itself. It was yeah, almost yep. like they had this storyline with these gods and you know them conjuring up things that you're scared of and nightmares. But then because the things that it was conjuring up were these really deep things with all these companions, that the episode was like kind of showing you that too. And almost put more of an emphasis on that part of it and not enough of an em- emphasis on the just the kind of villains that were introduced. And they were such good villains. It was almost like seen as a waste. It's was like, oh wow, like maybe save those guys for like something where you can focus on them for an entire episode and not have it in an episode where they're almost these throwaway villains. Yeah. And yeah. the resolution, like you said, happens so fast, but it also happens in a way that's really unsatisfying in like suddenly, I don't know the way it came together where the doctor, you know, we haven't even talked about the weird finger things, but (laughs) you know, there's these fingers that have been pulling. That's what's been pulling, you know, these nightmares out of people's brains through their ears. And you have those things, but then the doctor's like, Oh, you know, let me use my Sonic and I can control the fingers. And the monster thing is actually because it's a, part of this girl's imagination now she can control it and we're gonna trick them into coming back and then all those things combined at the very last second oh and she just happens to have the orb in her hands too and somehow all of those things working in conjunction makes these gods suddenly have to go inside this orb and get trapped it just didn't make any sense at all
1: yeah i so like the fingers i think Ultimately, the the fingers caused the gods to live their worst fears. I want to take a step further back though because one thing that I am confused about is the doctor has a finger placed in her ear, right? Right. Has her see a nightmare vision. She hears the master. We get the timeless child riff. And then like she magically wakes up. Like why did her dream... End. How did she get out of
0: her nightmare? Well, I mean, before they had shown. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because didn't Yaz just like wake up from hers? Yeah, but she never had a finger in her ear. Oh, that's such a weird thing to say. I know, right? <laughs> she never got a. But wet she never had a finger time. in her ear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, he was the god of wet willies.
0: Yeah, right? It did seem like a really weird device that they could have you know maybe come up with something a little bit like i don't know just show like little wisps of something coming out of their ears and but the finger thing was creepy and weird and maybe that was why they did it but it yeah. just was a little too weird for me um yeah, i don't know it they i think like i said i think this episode was its own worst enemy in that it had some really cool ideas and really cool elements but it didn't really come together in a satisfying way and I'm gonna I'm going away from this episode thinking, okay, we now have the reveal or we have the introduction of these of these you know very godlike characters into the Doctor Who universe, and I hope we see them again. Now they're stuck in this thing that you know a TARDIS can open, so who knows? Some other you know maybe the Master comes along someday or Clara or somebody else that has a TARDIS and lets them out. But the way that they were trapped so easily. Um, felt felt a little rushed but i liked their introduction and i think that they're very uh, intriguing characters that i hope come back at some point in the future of doctor who
1: yeah i agree um again as i mentioned it seemed like we had such a great build up a lot of great elements in place yeah the fingers were weird but what the kind of the pairing of the two together where the fingers were used to feed um the other it it all these really solid elements and then you blink or you, you sneeze. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh wait, that part of the episode is over very quick, very quick resolution. Uh, but it was, it, it seemed like it was going somewhere pretty incredible.
0: Yeah. And the fingers, you know, when the doctor was able to control the fingers and make them go back at them, um, and then that caused them to have their biggest fears. But then also they threw a Chigaska in there too. Just for good measure. It's like, you guys have your worst fears, but we're going to throw this thing in the orb to live with you too. So you can have to deal with that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> th- throw a Chigaska in for good measure. That seems like it's now just going to be like an idiom in Doctor Who moving forward. <laughs> they just threw a Chigaska in for good measure.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I kind of thought like this... You know these finger things being the the god's own creation, and the Chagaska kind of they would be able to be like snap their fingers and be like, "Nah, nice try, doctor. <laughs> those things aren't going to really do anything to us." But I guess they didn't think think about that um, in their overall plan. Yeah, and it did seem inconsistent because the guy was so good at tricking her initially that the fact that he would fall for something so simple just seemed like already completely out of character for a character that we just met.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's I have no no arguments with any of that.
0: Um, we did already talk about a lot of the the dreams and the in the what the characters had. I do want to just quickly revisit uh, Ryan's and him talking to uh, his friend. Yeah. And then seeing kind of this older version of him in the fire, and we actually got to see the dregs again. The dregs there. were back. Which was kind of weird because I guess we do know that, you know, the ultimate destruction of the earth could be because of the pollution and all that stuff. And then, you know, whoever survives becomes the dregs. So I guess they were trying to make that connection. But they have, you know, when he says you never came back and the earth was destroyed. Um, I don't know why I latched on to that as being like, oh, wow, like is, is Ryan like in danger? You know, is there I do think there is going to be a connection to what happens in the final two episodes in the potential destruction of the Earth. And I do wonder, too, because he you know, says he never came back, if that would just be an indication that maybe maybe we lose Ryan. Huh. I don't know. That's interesting. Maybe, maybe not. It could just be he was having a vision, but I'd like to think that these visions have some further connection that is yet to be revealed.
1: I, With Ryan's, what stuck out to me was his was the only one that was tied directly to his adventures on the TARDIS like his fears are because of the doctor his fears are because of the 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 TARDIS everybody else's they were past memories feelings of loneliness um but Ryan's were it's because of the TARDIS that he is facing like that is his greatest fear that's his worst nightmare um is caused
0: because of the TARDIS interesting well, I mean, Graham's was a little bit based on TARDIS stuff too, right?
1: No, I mean, his was totally cancer.
0: Like it, no, his was he, not being able to save Grace, which well, Grace what he died.
1: confides, What he confides in with um, to the doctor, his fear was, was the return of sickness. Yeah. It just so happens that Grace was manifested in that
0: moment. Well, we, we would be remiss to, to finish this episode without talking about the timeless child. Yeah, Oh, my goodness. How many times did you try to pause that? I saw it. um, I did take some time to kind of freeze frame it a bit and see, uh, try to get a, a good look at this character. We do know. And I mean, the thing is, if this is supposed to be a nightmare, quote unquote nightmare, but it's almost like the timeless child is something that the doctor doesn't remember. Right. Right. They keep saying that it's you know something that she doesn't remember so uh, is you know it's how is that her nightmare i guess would be my question it didn't seem like anything too nightmarish was happening you know she's just looking there there's some kind of structure there's this what appears to be a young girl um standing there but we can never see her face clearly so i don't know i don't know if you had anything specific that you read into that it it just seemed like they were kind of using this idea that the doctor, you know, we're getting into the doctor's head with these nightmares to just give us a tease for what's to come and not necessarily actually show us a nightmare.
1: Yeah. I I didn't know. I spent way too much time time trying to parse out is that the doctor? Is that the master? Is that some random child? Did like, you think
0: it was female? I I couldn't tell, to be okay. honest. I don't know why it just seemed. Maybe it was because of the the clothing, but for whatever reason, I just immediately went there in my head that it was uh, a female child.
1: Yeah, I um, I mean, I saw the I saw the longer robes, but in my mind, it's just like, hey, it's on Gallifrey. Everybody wears robes.
0: Yeah, I feel like there was more to it than just the robes, though. But it now,
1: looked like longer hair now too. Now you make
0: me want to pull up a, a picture. <laughs>
1: It looked like it was longer hair. I think it was like darker hair too. Um, oh, I actually
0: have a, okay. That's funny because earlier on YouTube, um, the Doctor Who official account on YouTube had released a video titled The Doctor's Nightmare, question <laughs> mark. So there you go. Um, nice, nice. Because I was questioning if it was actually a nightmare and I guess they're kind of helping that. But So you you do get, a, and so in this scene, which they cut together, Um, out of a couple scenes from this episode but you get this shot of I think it's clearly a girl you see um, her hair is kind of pulled up in almost like a a little bun on top of her head there's like some sort of a decoration around that bun that's kind of gold looking Um, long robes are yellow and white and gray it's my guess here is, and I'm pretty sure about this, that it's a it's a little girl. Do you have access to this image? <laughs> I, do, <laughs> I do not have access to this image. Okay. You can you can hit
1: me with it real quick. But I can I'll take your word for it. I mean, my first impression, my first watch through was it was a little girl. But then the second time it was like, is that too simple? Is that too straightforward? Um, Sometimes things it, are just simple and straightforward. <laughs> they're never so simple and straightforward. Um, yeah, I yeah I I don't know. Is it a nightmare? Who knows? I guess we'll know within the next couple episodes, right?
0: Yeah, but I think what I think I just sent you the video because if you go to 111 in this video, you get a pretty good shot, and I I'm wondering if after looking at that, you might kind of come to my side on this. But, yeah, so, as you're doing that, i do you I kind of feel like maybe, oh yeah,
1: that's that's most definitely
0: a little girl, does it right, yeah, yeah, so, timeless child, I wonder if some people would think this may be Ruth, I actually don't think it's gonna be Ruth, and the title of the final episode is the Timeless Children, so, um, there's gonna be I think more than one character in play here. But I do think looking at this character, it could be a earlier regeneration of a character we already know. But I don't think it's a younger version of a character we already know, if that makes sense. <laughs>
1: no, it does. It does make sense. Um, it, it would have been interesting to, to see one of the current genera- regenerations of the Doctor that we know or of another character that we know represented as a little kid. It just doesn't make sense for that to be the case. Um, it would have to be a different regeneration of a character right am i am i totally off base from what you just said
0: no yeah yeah and i think um the other thing i was thinking about in in doctor who is how time lords tend to regenerate from adults into adults right and I was trying to remember if we'd ever seen any kind of indication that they could possibly time Lord or time Lord could regenerate, Like if the doctor suddenly regenerated and was not a, you know, adult, but was like a kid, um, that's <laughs> never happened to the doctor. At least not that we've seen, but we have seen young versions of the doctor, right? So we've seen when I say versions of ver- the, the one I can think of is when they showed, um, the doctor as a kid in the um, barn in the barn
1: yeah that 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 scene has caused quite the controversy
0: here recently okay i don't know that i picked up on the controversy but like the I, i guess i haven't seen the discussions going around about it but yeah i so and i think the and then i was also thinking that we did get a scene with river when river was a young girl in the I believe it was like the Let's Kill Hitler stuff.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right? Wasn't there yeah. wasn't there a little girl that was her? It was a, it was the teenager, right? Well there was when she was a teenager, but they also showed this oh, like right. this yep. little girl As a little too. Girl. Yep. Once again, didn't do my research. Probably should have rewatched some episodes, but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so I don't know. I've just these are the things that are spinning around my head right now because of this one little image, which of course, you know, in a few <laughs> weeks we'll be able to watch and You know, can disprove all of our theories, but I thought I I like it. I like kind of this, this little tease that's been sticking around since, since the ghost monument, you know, ever since they introduced this idea of the timeless child. And I, and I think we're going to get some resolution around it. And this is a nice little drop in this episode.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I remember the dog, the discussions that we had when they first dropped the mention of the timeless child for the ghost monument episode, like, that this was going to be a big thing. And then it was just silent from that point forward. Um, So I'm stoked that this series, there's been more mentions of it and we
0: will find the resolution of it as well. All right. Well, we'll leave it at that. Um, I think we are good to wrap this one up unless there was anything else that you think we missed that we should discuss.
1: Yeah. I just, like I mentioned, I just think this is, to me this was a an episode that resonated with me a lot just with the um different issues that rose for yaz the different things that she had to work through the different things that ryan saw within his friend that his friend had to work through um it was it was a special episode Uh, i know that i mentioned the 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 whole dr Who part of it where things seemed like they were building good and then the resolution just happened way too quickly to me, honestly, with this episode, some of that stuff was just secondary. Um, some of those more character character aspects of it um, played really well for me. Um, yeah. Maybe not as maybe not as well as Vincent and the Doctor, um, but b- pretty. It, it was in a similar vein in regards to dealing with some of those deeper issues.
0: Yeah, for me, I think overall. I overall, I enjoyed this episode. It was going really good up until kind of that quick resolution with the villains. I thought that was that kind of did the episode a bit of a disservice. There was a lot more potential that I think this all all, honestly, I think this could have been a two parter. Yeah, and they could have spread this out a little bit and given us more satisfying story with the villains and also a satisfying story and focusing on kind of this Mm -hmm. deeper stuff with the with the companions. Um. But overall, I enjoyed it. And actually, this season's been really strong because I would probably rank this low on my list overall for the season. But still, I liked it. So there really hasn't... you know, I think Orphan 55 is really the only one right now that kind of stands out as like, yeah, I really didn't like that episode. Um, But this one would probably be just ranked just right above it for me. Um, Although I I enjoyed it. And I think that there's going to be... Like I said, I think with this this uh, drop of information around the timeless child and maybe some of the stuff from the visions, maybe not, but I wonder if there's going to be some connection to later things that will make this episode in retrospect, even more important.
1: Yeah. I think the way that the episodes are going, I think all of it's going to come into play. It's just whether how, whether directly it's referenced or not, I don't know that will, that will be yet to be seen, but I think it all is going to be, be fair game moving
0: forward. All right, man. I'm excited for the next. Uh, we have the the next episode, which I don't remember the title, but we know it's the Frankenstein episode.
1: The hunting Cause... of via via. Uh, I forget. <laughs> yeah. Frankenstein episode. We'll call
0: it. Yeah, the Frankenstein episode, which they they dropped a direct tease to it at the very end of this. That that's where they're going next, and then we get the two parter at the end. And you know, I'm really. I think that it's going to be. I I have high hopes. For what they're doing with that, with the finale for the season.
1: Yeah, we have three solid weeks
0: ahead of us. Yep. All right, man. Well, cool. Um, thank you, everyone, that tuned into this episode of Bad Wolf Radio. As always, we thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. And if you want to check out any of our episodes, or maybe you just found us and you want to like go back to the the beginning, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. We have our entire library of episodes there. You can also find us on. BadWolfPodcast.com, uh, which we also have all of our episodes there as well. And we have a Twitter and a Facebook. and Our Facebook group's been really great this this season. I'll call it this season of Bad Wolf Radio because we, <laughs> we, we were gone for so long. But I think our Facebook group has been more active than ever. And we have some you know regular people that are constantly contributing to the conversation. And we really appreciate all of them. And uh, so if any of you that are listening that aren't part of our Facebook group would be interested in joining, uh, it's pretty easy to find. If you go onto Facebook and search for Bad Wolf Radio, um, our banner for the Facebook group, just in case there's another group out there with the same name. <laughs> I don't think there is. <laughs> but our banner has the, the doctor and companions standing together, kind of facing out, looking out into the, into the distance. So if you see that, that's us um you do do you is it like anyone can jump in or do we have like a question that they have to answer i forget for
1: the for the group for the group yeah they have to they have to request um to be a part of it okay i mean we haven't turned anybody away right yeah we'll we'll (laughs) let you
0: in but you do have to just click the request button and um we'll let you in there to join in that discussion because it's actually been really fun this season so thanks guys for for uh talking in there and continue to do that um yeah that's it so awesome until next time. Do you have a quote? I do have a quote, actually. Nice, I came prepared.
1: One of one of the one of the better ones from the episode blundering top of my CV alongside plays well with others, an excellent tap dancer in a crisis. <laughs> I every all the times I watched it, that line always made me juggle. So nice, nice. excellent top of my CV, excellent tap dancer in a crisis. Update your resume so y'all put that up there.
0: All right.